Welcome to Ontario County History and Culture. I'm Preston Pierce, and I will be the program moderator today. For the past 37 years, I've been the Ontario County Historian. I teach history here at Finger Lakes Community College, and since 2014, I've also been the museum educator for the Ontario County Historical Society. This podcast is sponsored by the Cheshire Community Action Team, the Ontario County Arts Council, and the Ontario County Historical Society. I'm speaking to you from the Finger Lakes TV podcast studio on the main campus of Finger Lakes Community College. Today, my guest is Brian Kolb, Assemblyman for the 131st District, which includes all of Ontario County and the northern half of Seneca County. So, Brian, I know you've been a member of the Assembly for many years. I also remember that you got your start in public service a long time ago as a member of the Ontario County Board of Supervisors, actually. So with your broad experience in state and local government service, can you tell us a bit about what you see as the role of government in promoting and preserving cultural resources? Well, I think it plays a very important role, Preston. Uh, You know, certainly uh, in New York State, we have the New York State uh, Council of the Arts, uh, which is dedicated to preserving and expanding the rich and diverse cultural resources that are and will become the heritage of of New York citizens. And obviously, being a longtime historian at the local level, you understand that. And, you know, what people most people don't probably realize, there's over twenty four hundred organizations in the state uh, dedicated to. uh, to preserving the arts in their local communities, which obviously has an impact not just locally like Ontario County, but obviously the Finger Lakes region and, of course, every single region uh, across New York State. Wow, I had no idea there were that many. What uh, does the relationship between the state and cultural organizations mean for economic development in the state? Well, I think it's a huge economic economic development opportunity for investment uh, by the taxpayer dollars. Obviously, taxpayers are concerned about how their money spent, uh, whether it's on tourism, whether it's the arts, uh, whether it's on government itself. Uh, but I think certainly when you look at, uh, you know, I think we're now at $153, $155 uh, billion dollar budget. Uh, I think last year uh, in fiscal year 2019, the New York State Council on the Arts uh, awarded uh, $51 million in grants uh, to support local organizations. And I think it's a very worthwhile investment, uh, you know, because uh, the arts is about people and about culture and history and the preservation of such. And also, obviously, looking forward to the future, uh, you know, history is going to keep coming at us uh, in uh, in 24-hour periods. So uh, I think it's exciting. I think it's a worthwhile investment of taxpayer dollars. Uh, I've been a long supporter of the arts as well as my wife. In fact, uh, she had a arts background in terms of uh, professional uh, before she got into the financial services business. And so that was one of of our common uh, themes together was uh, our love of the arts and theater. Great. Wondering about some of the state programs that you don't hear a lot about, but you certainly see evidence of them. I'm thinking about the Path Through History program that's heavily promoted on the thruway. you have any uh, feelings about what the, the state government's present state administration is doing to promote the arts and culture? Well, I think that uh, New York State, you know, if you begin with the large umbrella, which we call I Love New York, which I think has been a terrific moniker 
uh, for years. And I and I think the whole symbolism, and it's not just about tourism. It's about the, the culture, the history uh, of New York State and of all the local communities. As you know uh, personally, that there is a, a so much history of over 200 years right here in Ontario County, the founding of Ontario County. And and it's it certainly, I think, for people that first move into a, a place like Ontario County, wherever they live, or any other county for that matter, each county has their own uh, specific identity. Uh, there are similarities, but certainly there are differences just in terms of time frame, uh, the men and women that uh, originated in the county and, and multi-generational uh, people that have lived here uh, and died here and served here. And so there's a tremendous amount of information to share uh, for anybody that's interested to know about the, the local community that they reside in, the region that they reside in, but also the state that they reside in. And I think this is a very worthwhile investment for us to continue um, to keep alive the spirit and the culture and the history of New York State. I know that you've been uh, personally active at uh, openings and dedications and other sorts of affairs for local cultural organizations. I've seen you at uh, Sonnenberg Gardens, for example, receptions there, I've seen you out in Cheshire, a number of different places. Uh, what role do you think members of the legislature can play in, in promoting uh, the arts, culture, historic preservation would you like to see more uh you think it's about right uh, is there some other way to get uh, the state and to get the legislature in particular behind the whole idea well i think if we just use one example to start with and you mentioned two uh but sonnenberg gardens uh sonnenberg gardens i was uh, assemblyman as i still am now uh back when i served with senator dale volker and the two of us together as advocates uh, went to the Pataki administration at that time and said, we have a real jewel here in the community that we want to save. And we began the work, and certainly on a local basis, you had the support of Canandaigua National Bank and George Hamlin uh, in terms of keeping Sonnenberg going until we were able to pull together a plan, which is to create a state park at Sonnenberg. And that's why Sonnenberg is alive and well. And New York State came in and, and made an uh, investment with taxpayer dollars uh, so that we can keep that historic treasure alive and well in Canandaigua. And that's what we do as legislators, is try to advocate for community projects in our districts. Uh, so if it needs additional funding or maybe secure grant, which I also secured a grant uh, for the uh, Cheshire Community uh, Action Team with uh, Fred and Nancy Goodnow uh, in terms of trying to uh, make an investment uh, in New York State taxpayer dollars into the Grange. Those are sort of things that we try to do all the time to uh, stay close with the pulse of the, uh, of the districts we represent. Is there a way we can uh, provide financial assistance for those organizations that may need it uh, to keep history alive? And uh, certainly that's that's what we do and should do uh, because that's, I think, part of our day-to-day -day, uh, uh, job and responsibilities. Certainly, Sonnenberg Gardens is an example of a public-private partnership. The Sonnenberg Gardens Incorporated is a private not-for-profit agency that provides education programming and, and really operates many of the programs on the property that the state owns up there. And that seems to have worked out fairly well. I can think of another example that's not too terribly far from here over by Port Byron, where the Canal Society of New York State 
uh, worked with the Thruway Authority to uh, open up a museum and a historical society and clean up a set of old Erie Canal locks that just sat there by the Thruway for years and years and years. And, and now, right there on the Thruway, is uh, an accessible little uh, Erie Canal Museum to explain to regional people and visitors from out of state what the Erie Canal was all about. Do you have any thoughts on public uh public-private uh, partnerships. That's a tongue twister. Uh, any thoughts about those kinds of partnerships and, and uh, whether they're a viable way forward for cultural organizations? I think it's a terrific uh, model and template to go by, uh, public-private partnerships. And what that means is you've got buy-in uh, from private citizens, pri- you know, organizations, not-for-profit organizations, along with uh, state government. Uh, and it could also be local government in terms of trying to invest in an idea, in an institution, into a project uh, that helps maintain the history and culture of New York State and or the region or the uh, particular town, village, uh, hamlet or county. And I think this is uh very important because it's not just a handout program where New York State comes in so we're just going to write a check. Uh, This is where New York State uh, can be helpful. Uh, It may include writing a check, may uh, include providing guidance and ideas on how to make a uh, historical marker permanent uh, or an organization uh, with the lifeblood of uh, or an infusion to keep them going. And I think what uh, the state looks for, which I think is rightfully so, is that there's also local private support, whether it's individual organizations, companies uh, that are willing to step up to and say, yes, we believe in this project and we're going to make those investments and volunteer hours uh, just like we have at many organizations uh, throughout uh, Ontario County. In the region. One of the ways in which cultural organizations, historical organizations in the past have had an impact on the public is through education, public education in particular through the schools. That seems to have waned in the last few years, uh, at least in the traditional sense. Uh, from the information that you get through the legislature, information that comes down from the Department of Education or the Board of Regents. Uh, what's your assessment of the role of uh, public education uh, or even private education in the world of culture and, and history? Well, I think it, it should play a very important role. And that's one area I do not believe we should be making cutbacks or taking shortcuts. You know, certainly I think having a, provided a balanced education is not just about math, not just about science. It's history. It's the arts. It's uh, whatever, again, spectrum of exposure we can give to students uh, throughout their uh, life and throughout their education, uh, I think, makes them a more balanced individual going forward as they, you know, obviously uh, age further and and get into uh, whether it's whether they go to college or into the tech. Uh, technical fields, uh, I think it's an important element because it just will give an individual an appreciation that there's just more out there to the world than just numbers and uh, science, and which are all very important. Uh, don't get me wrong, but I think it provides more of a individual uh, collaborative balance. And I don't think that uh, we should ever shortchange our students with exposing them to as many elements of society and its history and its culture. Um, I think it, it, it's critical uh, that we continue to make efforts and also dedicate resources to do that. 
I have been around education long enough so that uh, I can remember a time when the entire seventh grade year in public schools was devoted to the history and culture of New York State. I think that was changed with the major curriculum changes about 1986. And I know that there are a lot of people that have felt, as I have, that that was a real loss to public education when that disappeared. The effort was supposed to put elements of New York State history and culture into a broader context of United States history and culture. But something always seems to get lost in the translation. And that's been a problem, I think. It's just my personal opinion on that. Speaking of problems, uh, what are what are some of the, to your way of thinking, from your seat in the, the legislature, being in Albany, looking over the, the entire state, maybe even looking down the Hudson, that huge part of the population that lives downstate, what are, what are some of the problems and opportunities that are there for cultural organizations that maybe need to be addressed in the near future? Well, you know, I don't know if there's there's problems per se. I think there's challenges from the standpoint because of the geographic uh, differences. And, you know, people don't realize how large geographically New York State is. Getting around the state is no easy thing to do by car. And, and I have a person that has personal experience with that because I've traveled in every single region by car in our state. And just trying to navigate New York City <laughs> by itself is a nightmare. Uh, but certainly I think this is where, you know, even in the legislature, when you're not even talking about arts, when you're talking about issues that pertain uh, to, let's say, the Finger Lakes region, whether it's tourism, whether it's agriculture, whether it's manufacturing, it's a whole different scenario with legislators that may, what they may be facing uh, in the Hudson Valley and New York City uh, or any of the other urban areas uh, throughout the state. Uh, they're all different challenges to overcome, and those challenges aren't the same. So you can't take a cookie cutter approach to whether it's funding or whether it's public policy uh, because of the uh, diverse nature of our state. So the diverse nature of our state is wonderful. I embrace it. Having said that, that's the challenge to overcome. And, and for instance, we've invited uh, legislators in the assembly to come visit the Finger Lakes, actually go and see, actually walk on a farm, uh, you know, see milk and, and uh, production uh, and see what goes into running a very successful family farm. Because sometimes in New York City, they think this is all corporate entities uh, that pepper the landscape, which is just not so. And that, uh, Preston, is a key word which you mentioned earlier. It's about education. And the same thing. I've gone down and traveled and visited with uh, downstate legislators to see what their lives are like. And I think the more we can do that, it breaks down communication barriers and creates better understanding of uh, we have different experiences, different lives, different environment. And the more we can do that, then when you're trying to come up with solutions uh, to those challenges, um, people are more open to listening, even though they don't live or represent uh, the district, for instance, that I live in. I think that's all very true. I think there are a lot of people that think that milk comes from a store. <laughs> and uh, the dairy industry, uh, the last I knew, is still one of the most important industries in New York State. So how does this area stand up, uh, you know, compare? Uh, we, we've got a, a new Finger Lakes Boating Museum, I think it is, in the Branchport area. 
we've got some thriving other museums. We have the only state park that is dedicated to the story of Native Americans up at Ganandigan. How do we stack up with the rest of the state in terms of uh, state government and uh, uh, local government supporting cultural resources? Well, you know, I've never done a metric uh, analysis uh, of the different regions. I do know that one of the things that I'm proud of of representing Ontario County and Seneca County is the fact that uh, county governments in, in both counties, but also local governments, have been very supportive of the arts, at least based on my perspective. And certainly I think that why that why Ontario County in particular and Seneca County in particular are growing in terms of population, which is a good news, which is really a counter trend than most other upstate communities, as an example. Uh, the greater uh, percentage of population growth, if there is population growth in the state, it's usually, you know, the New York City um, uh, proper area, you know, the five bureaus or uh, boroughs. So, but I think in our region, you know, we've had population growth. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens, Preston, when the next census is taken, which is upcoming this year. We'll, when we'll, then we'll be able to take a real statistical comparison of how we're doing in terms of at least population growth, the demographics of that population. Uh, you know, you know. Obviously, we have sixteen towns. We've got eight villages. We got two cities. We got forty-two hamlets right here in Ontario County. And you know, again, I think most people don't realize. Uh, all of that. And that's uh, part of what we have to continue to do. This podcast that we're doing today is a great educational, informational uh, program that hopefully people will enjoy and listen to, uh, because that's this is a part about just opening eyes and ears to what we're what we're really living in, what's living in our backyard. Well, and this podcast is being done at Finger Lakes Community College. And this is a really good example of another one of those public-private partnerships in a way. Uh, there's probably no greater cultural resource that's been created in the region here than FLCC and what they've done for uh, the arts and uh, culture and, and various uh, presentations of that and, and promotion of that over the past, uh, well, 50 years. The college has been around, it's hard to believe, been around 50 years. Well, I want to thank you for being with us today and uh, for your input as to uh, what the state perspective is on this and your personal perspective from the Assembly and from your longtime association with Ontario County. Uh, there's a lot of things that we couldn't do without you, and thank you very much. Well, thank you, Preston. I appreciate your time. This is Preston Pierce. I'm here with George Heron, co-creator of the Ontario County History Culture Podcast. I think Assemblyman Kolb helped connect some of the dots between local organizations and the state government. Preston, you're absolutely right. It really helped to show how our governments and institutions work together. And having been affiliated with both state and county government over a period of some years, I can certainly appreciate the benefits that we're looking forward to. Next week, we'll look at local government support of history and the arts. I'll be turning the role of moderator over to Ethan Fogg, Executive Director of the Canandaigua Chamber of Commerce. And Ethan will certainly have some thoughts of his own. We appreciate your help, Preston, in getting this podcast started, and we, we really can't thank you enough. Thanks, George. Thank you to our listeners. From the Finger Lakes Television Studio at Finger Lakes Community College, we wish you a great day. <laughs>